1: In 2018, the Marvel Cinematic Universe turns 10 years old. Avengers Infinity War draws near. And in an attempt to make sense out of all that's happened up to this point, we find two intrepid individuals. Peter Melnick, local newspaper production associate and mild-mannered comic book and podcast enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson, morning radio announcer in Sullivan County, upstate New York, with an inordinate amount of catching up to do in his own comic book universe. Alone, they stand apart. Duh. But together, they are the Marvelists. Spider-Man,
0: Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches thieves just like guys Look out. Here comes the Spider-Man! Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey
1: there, there goes a Spider Man.
0: In the chill
2: of night, at the scene of a crime. Like a street of
0: light, he arrives just in time. Spider Man, Spider Man, friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Welcome, famed, he's ignored. Action is his reward you. Life is a great big Wherever there's a you find a spider
1: While attending a demonstration in radiology, student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the arachnids' powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. Stan Lee presents The Amazing Spider-Man
2: Welcome everyone to The Marvelous The Marvel Podcast We're gonna go with that I guess Marvel Podcast The album art's still gonna say MCU Podcast But we'll go from there Whatever I'm Peter Melnick I'm Eddie Wilson And before we introduce our returning guest We we got a two-timer for the first time We got a two-timer But Before we get into that Let's get into how people can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. Go on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Marvelous. Go on the Twitter at The Marvelous. Follow myself on there at Peter Melnick. Yourself at E Wilson 959. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Marvelous. And you can also be able to listen to the show on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe. Five star if you are ever so inclined. Let people know that you're listening as well. Share it. And let people know, again, that you're listening. We're also available on the Stitcher radio app, available for all iOS and Android devices. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email into our email bag, themarvelous@gmail.com We will be accepting questions, comments, strongly worded letters. You name it, we'll answer it, whatever we can. So, before we get into our topic matter at hand, we should do something first introduce our guest today eddie you do the honors
1: that would be our returning guest charlie perello welcome back
0: i go by charles actually on these kind of things he's so formal i I well, try well, you know what it's a thing but uh hello i'm back and we are doing spider-man homecoming so i'm having a homecoming on the Marvelous show so we're doing spider-man homecoming we're yeah we a knew parade, that a float
1: all that yeah. stuff ticker tape no. i don't know who's going to clean all this up
0: Firing the previous one twice and then finally put me in this stage. I'm
2: finally a prom king. Yeah. <laughs> finally happened. Better than
1: the pumpkin king, I suppose. It is.
0: But yeah, so since we
2: are on our road to Infinity War, of course, Infinity War stuff is continuing to come along. They've actually been hiding tickets for the movie behind movie posters. Getting oh. people hyped for this. Because honestly, this is the hot ticket. Like the next couple of weeks, you know, who
1: can access a movie ticket behind a movie poster? Isn't that encased in some, uh, you know?
2: I mean, they probably. I think they have like little uh, movie posters in like you know the urban areas. You know, they have like the ones that are like painted and everything up.
1: Oh, okay, sure.
2: And you know, for example, also the people behind Big Apple Comic Con, who we were very fortunate enough to have give us the opportunity to do some interviews at their show as press. We want to say, first off, once again, thank you to Mike Carbonero for giving us that opportunity. We actually got some stuff that is going to be used for our Infinity War special. And, by the way, Eddie, man, could you believe Infinity War that we just saw, you know, yesterday or the day before?
1: <laughs> it's still reeling from it. Um, I,
2: I can't say anything about it right now. I can't get over it. I mean, Charlie, what did you think of it? You know, Or Charles, what did you think of it?
0: Man, I just go back and forth with the name. Wow. <laughs>
2: Uh, That's what happens.
0: You know, no spoilers. That's all I'm going to say. Exactly. But someone's dead.
2: Man. Oh. I think it's Glenn. I, personally, I think I think it's that cat.
0: Maybe it's Darth Vader. I don't know. Or, but, you know, I really wish it was Flams Chops, and but I don't think we got that fortunate. No. <laughs> but, yeah, so this week, you know, we're obviously recording this
2: before we all saw Infinity War, but... This is our little bit of a, as you hear this, either Captain America and or uh, Iron Man are still alive and or dead.
1: Or just joshing with you.
2: So, we don't know what's going hopefully
0: on. Slash Thompson's dead. Hopefully.
2: <laughs> I'll discuss
0: that later.
1: Place your bets.
2: But yeah, I think uh, it's been the coolest thing seeing this happen, and when you all hear this episode... You will we'll have known what happened, you know, and it's cool. It's really cool that Marvel has built up something like this, the most ambitious kind of crossover in film history in, you know, decades. And to see this explode to the extent that it has,
1: it's cool. Yeah, you'll probably know more about it than we will as of this recording. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's a given.
2: I mean, literally, Robert Downey Jr., when he was filming the movie, did not know the entire script. So when you're having the franchise player not know what's going on in your movie, you're really doing a good job keeping it secret. Yeah. Like, I know even with the uh, screen, you know, the... Uh, so maybe he'll find out he's dead with the rest of us. Uh. Probably. You just see, There's just one scene. Oh, crap. Tony's dead. He is? Where's the body? Oh, I uh, don't need to see that, guys. Don't need to see that. <laughs> yeah. But... Oh, man. Guys... Let's get into the topic matter at hand, because we can't really riff anymore on a movie that we haven't seen. No. So... That wouldn't be right. If you haven't seen this movie, message us on Facebook. Let us know how many times you've seen the movie, or plan to see the movie. I'm probably realistically going to see it twice that weekend.
1: So... For starters.
2: For star yeah, four starters.
1: And four stars, yeah, okay. And then for someone like me... Hey, we
2: don't know how many stars we're giving it yet.
1: No, we do not.
2: All I know, on the other hand, is that my ranking is actually a lot different than it was last time, because that number one spot got <sighs> changed. I don't know if I told you that.
1: If no, you but I wouldn't episode, be su- wouldn't be surprised. No, no. Yeah, I know.
0: I mean, the resurgence for you with Thor The Dark Worlds was really impressive. <laughs> I was, guys, yeah, I got to
2: tell Underwhelmed, you. Underwhelmed, yes. I got to tell you, you know, that nothing villain and just that nothing script, you know, man... Great times had by all. <laughs> but. Ether who? Exactly. Ether e- Allen.
1: It's a furniture company.
2: Ether Allen Poe.
1: Oh. Ethereum. Nevermore.
2: So, guys, this is the third go at bat of the Spider Man character on the big screen. First off, we had Toby Maguire. Then we ended up getting. <laughs> Uncle My ben. back. Uncle Ben. Wow. What? My back. We had Andrew Garfield, yeah. and now we have the third one, Tom Holland. Woo. And I gotta tell you, Hi, everybody. Kind of, it was, yeah. hey, Hey, everybody. Because if you notice when he did that in his opening scene during that video, you hear the, Hey, everybody. Just trying to be the coolest thing ever. Yeah. That is... It just, once again, shows just how much of a gigantic geek Peter Parker is, and I love him for it. But before we really get into talking about scenes like that, let's talk about the overall background for this movie. That in 2015, I want to say, it was. it was revealed that Spider-Man would be coming to the MCU with his own movie, and it would be Spider-Man Homecoming. And no one, ex- a lot of people actually were just complaining about it at the time, like, come on, guys, we're really getting another origin story. We're going to be getting another this, another that. We didn't get an origin story really. No. We, we got didn't. a in progress story and I liked that.
0: And no, I mean, we did we did not get to see Thomas and Martha Wayne die again.
2: I was happy. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I remember when I saw Batman versus Superman for the first time, I was with a friend of mine and it was open at night and when they showed uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and the other girl from uh, Walking Dead die, it was Thomas and Martha. I just remember my friend shouting, "Uncle Ben, no!"
1: <laughs>
0: wow. And we got some laughs in the theater. It, it's just kind of amazing to look at it because I've watched—I watched the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. I watched. You watched it movie. together with him. How was he? How's he doing? Oh no, no, no! <laughs> not with him. Not with him. I mean, well, with him, he's still wondering where when he's going to come back, because he's waiting for that paycheck. For Does he do
2: movie. movies anymore?
0: Um. I think he liked to do movies more. Yeah, like
2: he, dis- like, he kind of disappeared like Brendan Fraser did
0: for a while. Well, Brendan Fraser, I think, was other issues. I think with Tobey Maguire, it's, I don't know, it's like a bunch of mixed stories. But the funniest thing is when they announced he was returning to the MCO, this is what I thought was going to happen. I thought they were going to announce that Tobey Maguire was going to come back, and I thought they were going to, like, reveal... Um, Miles Morales would be kind of the new Spider-Man for the films and then Tobey Maguire would take the Avengers movies and I thought it was going to be this great scene where he unmasked himself from the public and maybe he's been gone for a while had a Dark Knight Returns type thing and I think it would have just made a tremendous amount of money and you know I would have loved to see that but you know this is what we got and I'm not unhappy with it by any means
2: yeah this is you're going to hear a lot of this from me throughout this uh, review but it very much reminded me of a John Hughes film to the point where they included a scene from Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
1: Well, a lot of comedic elements in here, and just showing Peter's age. My age, I'm 29. And somewhere, <laughs> Peter so, of you Parker were the same fame.
0: Same age as the previous Spider-Man. <laughs> I think actually younger, probably.
1: But yeah, as you are wont to say, showing his kind of kind of immaturity, and him uh, you know growing into the character as well as getting the handle on his million-dollar suit. That's just a technological marvel.
2: No pun intended.
1: Yes, it is.
2: (laughs) Okay. That was a good pun. That's exactly right. Now, I feel one of the things is, you know, like going back to my uh, comparison with the John Hughes stuff, we got that John Hughes-esque movie with the soundtrack, you know, the usage of, like, 1980s pop music in the prom scene, and then, you know, we have or was it the prom it was the or was it homecoming it was yeah it's homecoming the movie's called homecoming of course it's going to be the homecoming dance that very good a, that was a terrible realization for me i'm like works for me it does <laughs> but yeah i think the idea that it's got that innocence of the kid doesn't know what it's like to be a superhero he's
1: trying to learn you know he wants an assignment a mission He wants to go out and do good. Yeah. And these moments
2: in his... The beginning of his superhero career, they're the awkward moments leading up to what he will eventually be. And we get a lot of elements of what the Spider-Man character is through his actions. Like, for example, you know, we're going to bury the lead a little bit here, but towards the end of the film, like the final few minutes, we see him save the Vulture... And we get that incorporation of, what was it? No more, no one dies.
0: It's that. And we also finally get to see a Marvel movie where the villain lives. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But looking at this and comparing it to John Hughes, I mean, it's kind of like the perfect comparison, the perfect lighthearted tone here. Uh, But one other thing that I like is uh, Eddie brought up he's looking for a mission and I like that because New York is actually a very nice place in this film. It varies, it's very clear there's not a lot of crime here. There's not people dying every hour. Where in Amazing Spider-Man and the, the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, but New York looks like Iraq. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, I mean, I've never, I, I've never really seen anyone get mugged. I've never been mugged. I've never been threatened in, in Knock New on York. wood. Knock on wood here. Uh, cardboard, that counts. Um, and it's made from a tree. It's made from a tree. And, you know, it's something where I felt that uh, it was more realistic because of that. And it makes sense. He's looking for something more exciting than chasing down, like, a guy who happens to be the pizza man.
2: Something like that. Which, by the way, guys, I got to go to Joe's Pizza in New York City over in um, Manhattan. The uh, actual, the actual uh, pizzeria that was seen in Spider-Man 2. Oh, very cool. And mm-hmm. they even had, like, little sciences. As seen in Spider-Man. Because you got to respect the hyphen. And... They, it, it was just neat to be in there, and the pizza was really good. That was the answer I was looking that, for. That was the end of that anecdote.
0: That, that, was, that was the question that we all had right there.
2: It was one of the best pizzas I've had in New York City. So Whoa. Yeah. That and Two Bros pizza. I like Two Bros. What we're getting in this movie is an interpretation of the Peter Parker character that we got bits and pieces of in the Sam Raimi version, not at all in the Andrew Garfield version. But a awkward geekiness to him that you know, he is he's got the quote unquote training wheels on him. Not just the training wheels protocol, but actual training wheels for his character.
1: Well, the training wheels I think encompass the origin story being told. It's like people have seen five Spider Man movies already. They get it. They know how it started. So let's pick it up from there. I have a little issue with the fact that his geekiness. Or his immaturity, in some instances, coming through too much to counteract the fact that he's a smart kid. He's a brilliant kid. And whereas in the comics, he comes up with everything himself, not the case here. So if there's a major twist, 180 degree thing to it, it's coming under Tony Stark's tutelage and being given a very expensive suit with all the high tech.
2: But the thing is this, you can be as smart as you can be as a kid, but there's still the awkwardness of being a teenager. And yes. this version of Peter Parker exudes that perfectly. He, Yes, he's a goof, but you have to balance, you know, that out. And I feel like he, this is the best interpretation of that awkwardness of being a teenager.
0: Well, one thing is about how I think they got this right was that, you see, when it came to the first Spider-Man film, you, you kind of see that, like, okay, Peter is, like, kind of an awkward kid, you get it. But then, like, he's surrounded by a bunch of high school students, which... They are... First off, they all look like they're 30 years old. They all look like they smoke. They all look like they drink regularly. (laughs) Many of the girls do not have the physical features of teenagers by any means there. And it just doesn't feel natural because they feel very adjusted. With this, all of the other characters, Melissa, Ned, Flash, I hate God, I hate him. (laughs) Um, um, No, but they all are very awkward in their own rights as well. Like, there's no... Like, he is not the... Like the lame kid it's just they're all kind of awkward and what really i think that makes that work is how awkward he is around tony stark where like i think in the beginning you just it's see that it's the idolization you just see that video of like him talking on the camera to peter he's like he's like just like smiling like politely like holding in enthusiasm and i thought that was great and then for just a comment though on the andrew garfield spider-man he was kind of like awkward in a different way where he wasn't like geek, he wasn't awkward, it was more he was, of just a, He was cool. He was he was like that guy who just doesn't really like anybody. That was I think <laughs> his role.
1: I can see that. Yeah. Eddie? Possibly I can go with that, you know. Um but just with this this Spider Man, this Peter Parker, if I'm being critical on it, to in a sense the geekiness is, is approaches a bit of excess to to maybe not enough street smart stuff, but yeah, he's in there. He does, in fact, I was just trying to think where a a great, a, a good, or maybe a little bit similar balance between being his age and being a hero comes through. And I actually thought of the 1967 cartoon where... When he's in that costume his vocal range is deeper it's more authoritative even when he's joking around which is a classic Peter Parker Spider-Man thing and that comes through I think in all versions from 67 to the movies I feel like the, the
2: And humor, this one though, as well the humor though in the or in the uh, 2000s you know the Ramy version and not the Andrew Garfield one but the Ramy version of the character was such a fail on in terms of you know his humor like you're out gobby out of your mind that, that, it stunk on ice you know
0: <laughs> now one thing complaint I'm going to have here is because I'm looking at this now again and you bring up Goblin and this is something I've just noticed and th- this is just something they had to do I guess because this is their third go at Spider-Man but you know they don't have the traditional MJ they do not have Gwen Stacy in there they have a very young Betty Brand.
2: well they're I looking have. for the right yeah. Gwen with the right neck no, you know
1: no. strong oh, man. neck man
0: oh snap sorry yes they don't have norman osborne they don't have harry osborne yet they they like which in the comic no jonah yeah no well we can wait for that i but uh, maybe they'll bring back the old jonah i'd prefer that because i don't i don't think they'll get another justice league movie from him
1: oh that's harsh that's you know that's that character. That's right. Mm-hmm. But J.K. When, Simmons. But when it comes to just uh, kidding, Simmons, indeed, you're
0: fired. <laughs> yeah, but when it comes to um, this film, though, I kind of wish they could have just brought in, like, they could have made Harry Osborn a student, and but instead we get Ned as the best friend, and um... who is essentially playing the role of Genki from the
2: Ultimate Spider-Man comics oh. with uh, Miles Morales.
0: Well, I mean, he's playing like. I don't, you know he has many hats because like, the films right well he, he's wearing a cowboy hat we're talking about uh ned no, right no, yeah but then he has like yeah. many, then he has like the the tourist hat that he's wearing in washington dc that we just saw and like like he's just like a very memorable character this is a totally new thing and i mean like a lot of people were like when i was like looking at the shows like, they have to give him like the, the the sidekick now but i really like it because also it doesn't feel like he's so secret on the secret identity thing
2: it's if you were that age and you had that ability you would be like i gotta keep this a secret but yo i'm gonna tell my best friend he's gotta know he's gotta know
1: yeah there's an outlet for it and that suits it well i think with with ned and i'm assuming it's ned leads yeah okay so we we have that transfer over from the original name
2: turns into the hobgoblin
1: Well, that's, yeah, a lot later and, you know, a different physical makeup of the character and so on. Just like you have Betty Brandt, who's a student in in that sense. So you're dropping that name in there. MJ comes along later because that's her nickname for Michelle actually is revealed to be her first name. And that's
2: where I'm going to argue. Like, some people were like, how dare they do this? How dare they make her MJ? I'm like, we don't know what's going to happen next. That's true. We don't. But my theory on what's going to happen with MJ is... Mary Jane Mary Jane Watson is going to show up. Okay. And it's going to be a battle of two MJs trying to get Peter's affection. I was the original MJ. I was here first.
0: And this is where I'm going to start touching on my discontent for Flash. <laughs> um, because a lot of people, like uh, my friend Rosh, is like, well, you know, do, do you just dislike the changes because they're a, a different race? And I'm like, you know, is it playing this Melissa character if they wanted to make her MJ? You know, I'd be a little bit pissed off if they didn't give her red hair because that's signature to the character. But for Flash, it doesn't have to do with the actor being Indian. I guess they, I mean, Flash Thompson. I've not really heard is the most Indian name, but you know, I (laughs) exactly they could do it. They could do it. Um, they could have made him any race they wanted. But the problem is, Flash is supposed to be like the football quarterback. He's supposed to be muscular. He's supposed to be kind of tall. He's supposed to be like this bully of Peter who actually loves and idolizes Spider-Man
1: and a chick magnet.
0: Yeah, and. This character was in every single way a 180 of what I think a really great character was, and an amazing Spider-Man. It was he was I think one of my favorite characters there because it was perfect. I, they should have just went for a redo of that. And like, and here's the thing: the character of, who they have of Flash, if they just gave that character a different name and they left Flash be Flash and they let this kid be something else, I think yeah. that would have had a great impact. It could have been something they could have brought to the comics later on they could have brought the cartoons later on. But instead they just redo a character and make him and he's not even cool. If there was any kid like running around like that being like, I'm DJ Flash
1: Hey, he's got his dad's car, he's got away with words and he perhaps he's doing well in the social scene also with the girls. So he is cool in a sense. But what
0: would they see in a guy like that? It's like, oh, oh I'm dating DJ Flash,
1: uh, and it's like, it's like he's oh. got money. He's got his dad's car. You know, yeah, he's
0: yeah. But that's that's not even Flash. Flash is supposed to be like not the flash. flash, not the, not the ah, Flash
1: ah, that we knew, not that did. Flash either, right? Mm-hmm. His
0: dad's kind of like his dad. <laughs>
1: not the Fleur either. His dad's kind of
0: like a cop who might have like a drinking issue, and this is just kind of like I mean I thought it was just like an insult to the character. Uh, the other thing is for Betty Brant though. Did anyone else think there was Gwen Stacy when, like, they saw it and, like, the trailer and things like that?
1: I might have if I didn't see her name. Yeah. But I immediately went to, okay, that's Betty Brent. Oh, I recognize the name. Okay, he's a student yeah. doing the doing the closed circuit TV in the school. Oh, okay, fine.
0: I mean, she'll probably be the love interest in the next movie if I had a guess. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see know. That. Or maybe it's just a throwback. Or maybe she's the one that's going to bring in the next Jonah. Huh? Maybe she'll be...
2: Gets an internship at yeah. the uh, Bugle.
1: You know what? Being, you could bring Betty Brandt in as a love interest because it hasn't been done, possibly. I was Fine. surprised they never did but if Brand. you But if you're going to bring Gwen and MJ, the Mary Jane Watson character, in, don't get Peter's love life confused and all jumbled up and stuff. Let's not, you know, create too many threads here.
0: I mean, the socially awkward kid in high school also happens to be a player with four side girls or whatever, or five. I have to
2: interrupt you real quick. You really said... You could have said webs, Eddie.
1: I know. I know that. That's why I was Come seeing on. where that was going to go. More threads, make a web. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn right.
0: He, 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 does, he has love webs, not love triangles.
2: That's, that's the thing about, you know, this version of Spider-Man. And I would say, like, so we ended, We actually asked questions on our Facebook page. And Tom Bennis of Odd Shaped Panel asked, do you think the MCU can hold on to Holland long enough to go into Parker Industries? I think he could be the new Tony Stark connecting the movies in a web, if you will if you will indeed and you know, going with the Tom Holland character, I think when we were just talking a little bit about his awkwardness with Tony, you know where he's like he's the, you can see the plain idolation. I feel that yeah, they will hold on to him long enough and he will develop into
1: Is that, that a word character. I'm sorry, is that a word Idolation. idolation? Or is it idolization?
0: Idol- There's idolation. Well, I'm it? just going to make the point. It's like, Do you think they can hold on to Tom Holland long enough? I'm like... I, I, you know, he's playing Spider Man. He's in the Avengers beforehand. He was like some kid training to be a dancer. I, I, I have a gut feeling they'll be able to keep him in the MCU. I, like, I, I especially looking at how Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, I, I just see them on milk cartons now. I don't really see them in movies yeah. anymore. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, big...
1: That was just a little grammar point, but, but Tom, <laughs> but to Tom's question now, I hadn't even thought that far ahead of Parker Industries and. And then that immediately reminded me of the Andrew Garfield Spider Man where I would have liked to have seen a continuation of the storyline of Peter's parents and keep that going. Uh so maybe I'm thinking that that version of Spider Man stopped short and could have kept on that on that track.
0: Well no, when it comes to Parker Industries, <laughs> what what kind of technology is he gonna work on? That's the big question here.
2: This the phone. Okay. He had the Parker phone.
0: I mean he could do web stuff.
1: That's, Come on. That, that's that's a given. That should be before he walks into the operation. Oh. <laughs> well, oh.
0: Okay, so the other thing is let's go to the character I think of Melissa. can all, right, all
1: right, hold it, Charles. We got to back up. That's three times and you're out. Michelle.
0: Oh. I keep calling her Melissa. <laughs> yes, she did. Oh, 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 my look, Melissa. Look, look, look. All I know Cue the Almond Brothers. I was going to the uh, look, 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 guns N' roses. All I know is she has an M oh, in the front of her name. Michelle. Yeah. Okay, so, Michelle... Not Melissa. Now, I mean, this was another thing where, like, this type of character was another... Because this is what they should have done for the Flash character, because it's something technically original. I understand the throwback there. But... What was like the real point of the character? Was it to create a future love interest, or yeah, or why? I mean, was it because she's just a popular actress among like teenagers right now, and they just kind of want to throw her in? It's a combination
2: of both, probably. In all honesty, because she was a big Disney Channel star, and now she's a big deal. You know, with movies like *The Greatest Showman* and other things that I haven't seen. Uh,
1: okay. It's
0: like, yep. Yeah, here's a check for a quarter million. You're going to be in some scenes, because I, I thought her character was going to have a bigger role. I I actually thought she was going to find out Peter's identity towards like the end of the film. Sure,
1: it leaned like, it leaned toward that for I, sure. I,
0: I thought I thought the end scene with um with um, Aunt May, the, the new hot Aunt May. I thought that was going to be uh, Michelle like walking in instead, because I, I yeah. knew like something like that was going to happen, and I. I just kind of felt like, okay, maybe there's a female who's going to also know, and how is that going to be a relationship change? Because I knew they would never do that with Gwen Stacy or MJ, so I was like, hey, maybe they're going to do that here. Well,
2: MJ they would, because there have been comics where she's like, yeah, I know you're spider And they did, right, in the movies too. That's one of my all-time
0: favorite comics. not right away. Yeah. Not right away.
1: No, no, that's true, not right away.
2: But what, you know, while we're back going over to Aunt May, the decision to cast Marissa Tomei as Aunt May is still one of the most intriguing casting decisions. And we were talking off mic again. You know, you can listen to our stance about, you know, Eddie and I's stance during the Civil War episode. But yourself, uh, Charlie, what did you think of the casting of Marissa Tomei in the role of Aunt May?
0: Well, who, who, which 14-year-old kid has, like, an aunt who's, a uh... Geriatric. Well, I was going to be more polite and say Social Security <laughs> member. Um, but, like, she's she's in her... Like, well, here's the thing. In the first Spider-Man trilogy, she easily had... The actress who they cast easily had to be over 70 years Rosemary old. Harris? Yeah. The second one, I would guess, over 55, over 60. It was definitely more believable. Sally Field? Yeah, yeah Sally Field. Sally, Actually, Sally Field, I think, is 65, right?
1: I'd say she's right about there, yep.
0: yeah. Yeah, so, so still a little bit hard to believe. This was definitely more of, like... I mean, she reminded me of my aunts. Yeah, so, same here. Yeah, and I think most people she did as well. Uh, for Marissa Tomei as the actress, I also like the kind of they did the Italian thing. It was kind of a good throwback to Queens to some extent, made it feel more realistic. I, I don't know, like, I mean, for the character herself, I thought it was a good supporting role. She had more personality than the other ones. Le- it's less of like chronic depression also she doesn't seem to be going through chronic depression like the other ones are where every scene you just want to cry like this it's actually <laughs> with, with this one it's actually like like I mean I, I think it's like they they basically like start off her character by like saying I don't know how I feel about that that, that Mr. Stark guy and then like or like or where like she's flirting with Tony Stark in Civil War but then they end it like they the last line we get to see of her so far is what the yeah. yeah. And, PG-13.
2: And they could have used it. Because when you have a PG-13 movie, you're allowed one F-bomb. And they didn't use yeah, that. Yeah,
1: they just used the F part, I think. Yeah, they just go, what and the that f- was, And, then and it, that was boom. And that was just slamming at the end there. And it went into that amazing credit sequence. Oh, yes. The the style of the way they, they did that was really, really cool.
2: It was very hip and very New York City. And like,
0: but by the way, what do you guys think her reaction is going to be, like, five minutes later? Because... Like,
2: I'm going to a costume party, Aunt May.
0: It's going to be that. I guarantee. I guarantee. No, no. It. I would... I would I, I, there was a show that I don't think many people in the audience liked, and I'm going to be pretty damn positive you guys never watched. It was Gilmore Girls. Never saw it. Um, you yeah, no. So just me being your typical uh, heterosexual uh, man. I've, I've seen every episode probably twice. And there's this one famous scene where the family is going through like some issues where... Like, they have to just resolve a ton of issues that they've had. Like, there were entire, like, 30 episodes building up. And it just goes into, like, a five-minute yell track. They film it in a different way than the other thing. It's just, like, them going back and forth over, like, two hours. And I think everyone's had this kind of thing where it's, like, just yelling for a couple hours. I kind of hope they do something like that where they condense, like, they condense, like, that into three minutes where it's like cool it's him denying it then that yelling and then go back and forth back and forth there's an interruption like of them eating chinese food them yelling again (laughs) and then they and then and then then they walk out like i'm okay with this
2: in all honesty that's the thing we don't really see like you know in the comics
1: aunt may oh
2: i hope you're not around that terrible spider-man
1: boy (laughs) you know just to that point and then let's move on from there To the Aunt May point, I'm going to start by saying I am the oldest in this podcast. I have more, quote-unquote, experience, exposure to Spider-Man, or at least started that Mm. way. So Don't be exposed to Spider-Man. It was was canon, I'll say, that Aunt May is a geriatric, a senior citizen. So to some people, it's 180 degrees difference to bring it down to the Marissa Tomei age bracket. It was just what you had from the very beginning from the foundation of Spider-Man Uncle Ben Aunt May were old that's just, it and it didn't I don't know if the, if it broke down his parents age-wise versus the aunt and uncle that were taking care of him I don't think you ever you didn't get that at least for quite a while and this is just what you accepted now i'll just like as some of us are accepting a very younger and more attractive looking may character so i just think
2: that's the example of stan lee not knowing Like, he'll write something, and he won't entirely get it, you know what I mean? I think
0: it was more of the original Aunt May and Uncle Ben, the reason why they were older was almost to get more sympathy for Peter. Yeah. He's, like, living with, like, his aunt who's, like, just an old lady, and I don't think they ever really thought it through. They, They never, like, said, oh, yeah, he's only, like, 15, 16, why does he have, like, an aunt who's 70? But, oh, well. Stan Lee used to think that teenagers yelled Yabbo and you know? So that was like a that was a rallying cry in the X Men. That's a new one. Yeah. Um, really? yabo I think there's one character we've not touched on shockingly. Um Well, we
2: were saving the best for last, in my opinion.
0: no na na, 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 na na Batman. Adam Birdman. West
2: is not in this. Birdman. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. No. Yeah, Michael Keaton and when I heard about this casting decision. Holy crap, was I excited. Mm-hmm. Because this was coming off of, you know, off of the recent buzz around him for his portrayal in Birdman. Buzz,
1: Birdman, that's yeah. good.
2: And he got typecast. He, he winged creatures. And, you know, went from Batman to Birdman to now the Vulture. And... He's found
1: his niche. Or his nest. He... <sighs>
0: When it comes to Michael Keaton, I was not a fan of him as Batman. Actually, I don't really I love Batman. I was not really a giant fan of those films though. I've always I've loved the Keaton run. Oh, that's just me. Oh, I I'm, I'm sorry, but It's fine. Oh, how sorry. dare you? Okay, but the thing is watching him in Birdman and the movie The Founder about Ray Kroc, I realized how much I love this guy as an actor, especially him older. He has like a Christmas to him, and he easily yes. became my favorite like Avengers villain by far. And for him in this role, you know, it's kind of weird because I've noticed, like, every villain cast-in I've ever had, like, my ideal villain cast-in for um, Spider-Man has always been Edward Norton. Like, I'm like, I could always see Edward Norton as Eddie Brock. I could see him as Carnage. I could see him as uh, Norman Osborn. I could see him as, like, um, like this. So I always, I, I was like, you know, maybe they'll cast Edward Norton for this role. But they didn't, and I was very happy. I will say this though um, like I mean I ha- I had kind of like a dream cast in for like this Spider-Man universe and I still do. The big cast I'd have is like Norman Osborn. Did any of you guys watch the show House? Yeah, Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie I think should be Norman Osborn. That's uh, my dream cast and I've always gone with the uh, cliche
2: one of Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie should play J Jonah Jameson.
0: That's also on the table. That's also there.
2: Because he's just got that, you know, persona and I feel that would be perfect. Just Parker
0: there you go. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I well, like I said, uh, it looks like you know J.K. Simmons might be out of work from Justice League, so he you never know. The, he can get his job back in Spider-Man, and no one will complain.
2: Because no one else can play that character other than J.K. Simmons. He
0: invented um, the character, essentially. That's that's
2: why. Like when it ever does happen, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine.
0: Sorry, I can't see anybody else playing yeah, the role. Right. Well, but the only thing is, it's like this is the one thing though about this Spider-Man. Why would he need to work as a photographer at this point? It doesn't look like his family isn't that bad of financial stra strength. and hey, is, things can change. Is he really in a situation it's like, "Hey Tony, can I borrow five thousand dollars? like yeah, it's in my, like look through my couch cushions it's there <laughs> like like I mean that's kind of a thing here, unless oh wait, we forgot i mean by the time people are looking at this, tony might be dead so r i p d
2: tony stank yeah. With the incorporation of Michael Keaton as the Vulture, a character who I've absolutely despised over the years. Because the Vulture, to me, is a do-nothing character. He's just boring. He's What are his powers? He's old and flies. Who gives a shit? Yeah, he's old, too. Look at that. Hmm? But the thing is this. They took Michael Keaton, and the way they wrote this character, they made him little elements like... I'm the everyman. You think that Tony Stark, you think those, you know, Captain America and all them, they care about us? They don't give a damn about us.
1: Yeah, he's that. a good everyman and working for the company, running the company that was hauling away after Avengers Tower.
2: The Battle of New York. Yep. And the thing is this, though. There are elements with Michael Keaton's character of Adrian Toomes. You kind of feel for him in some ways.
1: You do. Absolutely.
2: And then you don't, you see that two movies from now when we get Black Panther and we get that with Killmonger you know a villain where you're just like they're an asshole but I kind of understand where they're coming from yeah
0: Michael Keaton's character really does remind you of that Girl, you took to prom's dad. <laughs> like, are oh, they yeah. saying Michael Keaton's gonna remind you of this girl? I'm like,
1: I was <laughs> like, who? Yeah, where no, are we no, going no, here? So, no, no,
0: no, but like, his character is like, he, like, I think, like, every, like, there's always that girl you date where she has a dad, like Michael Keaton in this film, where he's like, The, the gruff, where he's more of like, he's like, Well, yeah, I'd love to do it, but I, I, unlike you, I've got to work a job. And it's like, it's like, well, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> and like, yeah, like, and you say something to him, or maybe I say something to him, like, Yeah, what's up, dude? And he's like, this douchebag doing my daughter <laughs>
1: <laughs> well there's a do there's do, two things then about michael keaton's character first like we just said and now the second and the more <laughs> impactful twist is that yes he's liz's stepfather
2: now let me ask you both when you guys saw this did you see did you see it in the theaters yes were- i
0: did and also i just want to make one side note because the tv is on with the movie playing oh your ned- buddy's showing up ned- Oh, oh, oh was no, flash no, it no, no no but i was going to point that ned Ned brought a cowboy hat to prom. I just noticed that now. I'm like... It's a good hat. Good Good look for him. But yeah, so... When you guys saw
2: this movie in the theaters initially... I have to ask you both... When you saw it initially... What was the reaction in the audience when it was the big reveal that... Adrian was Liz's dad?
0: No way. I heard a (laughs) holy-ish. Yeah, that too. So... I saw it three days later, so it was not that big of a reaction... I was a little bit confused, I'm like, Wait, why is he driving in the car?
1: Like I was like I was like, Wait, what
0: happened here? But overall it was like
1: you I shouldn't kind of... have had to go to the bathroom at that point.
0: Well yeah. yeah. I I always like overall it's good. And I also just want to point something out because I'm still looking at the prom scene. The kid Flash is dating a girl who's like a head taller. Kid
1: it. Flash, wait a minute.
0: No, no, not, 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 not DC. No, but like the Flash Thompson guy. It's, the girl's a head taller than. Stop him. it with DC, Eddie. I, I just want to beat Me. this kid up. Can I beat him up, please? You can if you want. Can I be the new Flash? I'll give you the permission slip. No, like, I beat him up. It's like I come into the movie. I'm the new Flash now. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like it's like I'm gonna like do this is like like I just like push Peter in the head. I'm like, yeah, Parker, get the f out. And, like, <laughs> like,
2: That's the one f bomb they're allowed to use. Well,
0: <sighs> and here's the like the first Flash Thompson from the first Spider-Man. Who does, I don't even think they, like I think they name him one time, not even like full on. And he's like first off, he's like racist against Italians. I think he's like, <laughs> like Flash Thompson the Guido. And I'm like, <laughs> and he, he's like, even that was better than this, but. I don't know I, I don't know why I, I've developed a real love for that character over the over the year like over the years like, well, like when I started reading the Spider-Man comics I'm like wow I really feel for this guy this is awesome and the show Spectacular Spider-Man which I wanted to touch on they do him great too
2: and speaking of things that are great by the way people have you ever considered going on Stitcher.com slash premium and using the promo code Marvelous Eddie have you? It's great.
1: Like you said, great things. We've
2: been enjoying it. We've been listening to Wolverine, The Long Night. And I got to tell you, we are about, I think, eight episodes in right now of the story. Do we know how long that long night will last? I believe it's a
1: 12-episode series. I may have asked, but I just forgot.
2: But yeah, when you go on Stitcher.com slash premium and use that promo code... Marvelists! You'll be able to help support the show. And on top of that, guess what? You what? get to listen to Wolverine, The Long Night. You get to listen to other shows, commercial-free and all that other good stuff. So, when you sign up, you can cancel at any time. But if you don't want to cancel and you want to keep it going, you will enjoy Stitcher Premium for $4.99 a month.
1: After your first month.
2: Hell of a bargain, right? Yes, sir. So go to Stitcher.com slash premium and use that promo code at checkout.
1: Marvelous.
2: So now back to the movie guys, what do you think is the overall impact with the character of Tony Stark on Spider-Man? Because this was again another big deal that, you know, oh crap, Robert Downey Jr is doing this again. He's going to be Iron Man in one more movie?
1: Yes, exactly. And as as teacher for this, he's definitely a presence and in in different aspects meaning he he's there but he's not there. He's there but he's not Flashback cookie. To, to, to Slattery, yes. But he's there by sending one of his suits, and then he has, is actually there and putting giving Happy a decent amount of screen time in this movie, you know, as well. But not taking him seriously enough, in some respects, both Tony Stark and Happy Hogan.
2: And we were asked, you know, what are some of our favorite, mo- you know, favorite funny moments in the movie? And that was asked by Darren Heidman on our Facebook page— I would say quite a few of the moments with Happy Hogan, if we're being honest. Like, just Favreau's, you know, interaction with Tom Holland was perfect.
1: It was very good, yes. I don't know how comedic it was. I think there were other areas. I'm going to scan through what I what I took down, because I thought there were other interactions like that. I mean, it's just the series, the barrage of questions that Ned, in, in Peter's room, <laughs> said to Peter, like, do you lay eggs Can you spit venom? Uh, Can can you summon an army of spiders? And that's where they're in a class where the teacher is speaking. And you hear, if you're paying attention, the teacher is saying, Sokovia Accords. Yeah. Okay. And then how far can you shoot your webs? So you would you go know, with
2: those? like the.
1: the I think that was thing. more of a comedic interaction than the Happy Hogan stuff. Because Happy was irritated, annoyed, couldn't be bothered. That, go away from funny. me, kid, you bother me. That was what he was, was funny about it. To uh, maybe even trying to, to, to belittle Peter and saying, you're, you're insignificant. Go, you know, go someplace else. And
0: yourself? This was just something that we touched on a little bit before we started filming. But that, that class with the math problem, like we were just talking about it. I was like, you know, I went to high school. I never had a math problem. Like, like, what is with that? Like, you, you, like, every movie, and that was really a John Hughes type thing. It's like, yeah, it's like they're, like, doing this math problem. Complicated like, math problems. Yeah, it's like, it's like, when did you ever get this in school? And, like, I was in like seventh grade, like, oh, my God, high school's going to be killer. I'm I looking, would, looking at it, like, this doesn't
2: exist. I would love to see a movie where they utilize that kind of scene, and you just go, oh, look at that big, ma- complicated math problem. Yeah, why is it on the board? We're in English class.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Now, I don't know if these are other comedic things or they're just good zinger one-liners like Tony saying, can't you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? And because he's over... Uh, where, where, I forgot where he was. India? Brazil, maybe. Or, so I forgot where. Maybe it was India. Yes, okay. A very much warmer climate. Or thank God this place has Wi-Fi, otherwise you'd be toast.
2: I feel like also, my uh, personally, my favorite humorous scene in the whole movie... Would have to be the scenes, you know, involving Hannibal Buress and just, you know, him wheeling out that uh, television, and you know, he's the gym teacher and playing Captain America PSAs. Sure. And I just love the physical comedy, you know, the visual comedy of your teacher right here, and he points, Captain America points to his right, and Hannibal Barres is on the left side of
0: the TV, and he just politely waves, and goes hi. <laughs> Well, yeah, right. I like how with this film also it shows like the Avengers having kind of an impact into the world where cause it's like the Trump presidency it's like you know it's here it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's kind of like okay we gotta live with this now It's that, it's a very interesting thing and I mean
2: I think we have a lot of stuff that happens in these movies that you know of course it's Marvel of course you know there's gonna be humor in there but it's you know it's done in a very great way.
1: Yes, and in many other films like it before you have that memorable Stanley cameo. And it's funny.
2: And it's it's cliché New York, but like old school New York where it's like literally neighbors yelling to across
1: from each in other. In the wind yeah, because Peter thinks he's helping someone of the owner of a car because it's being carjacked with with one of those low, uh, low jacked, a slim jim in there. Ooh, yeah, the Macho Man. I had a feeling that's what you call it, but that's what it is. Yeah, it's a dual meaning of that. And and among the people in the apartments, I'm working nights. You got? Could you keep it down? Whatever. And the Stanley cameo, Don't make me come down to you, punk. And then he's being called, uh, I guess his has a character name of Gary. Marjorie, how Gary, are you? Gary. How's your mother? With that
2: incorporation of that old school style of New York humor. That's perfect. It shows the the history and the culture of New York City, you know?
1: Absolutely. In the back alleys and and uh, I think you probably even had clothesline hanging with some laundry airing out in the breeze.
2: And then you're going over to the, you know, more metropolitan parts of New York that you know are shown throughout the movie. They, you know, certain things. We end up seeing, for example, Avengers Tower and you know on our Facebook page as well, we were asked by Matthew Perry, Facebook user Matthew Perry, who do you think bought Avengers Tower?
0: And guys, I... Well, uh, the clear answer was uh, Ross Geller. <laughs> that <laughs> <Right>. poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, the clear clear answer was the cast of Friends, um, and so on. I'm sorry, I, when you say Matthew Perry, I'm like, okay, well, Chandler, Chandler Bing's got it. But, <laughs> I feel, like,
2: a lot of people have speculated... It will be Norman Osborne and it'll be Oscorp that buys the building. I'm leaning more towards it's being very vague right now. Yeah. But as I've said in the past, we haven't heard anything about a Fantastic Four movie really in the past couple of years. So I feel Constantin Wrights sent the rights back over to Marvel. Marvel Studios has a Fantastic Four film rights, you know, whatever. And they're not saying anything. That's why next week I'm calling or if this episode, when this episode airs, it'll be after Infinity War. But in all honesty, guys, I have a very, very, very weird feeling. And this is a bold prediction. Peter Dinklage, no one knows what his role is. That's, there's that too, yeah. He's in this? Yeah, he's going to be in Infinity War. I have a feeling Peter Dinklage is the Silver Surfer. Oh, good God almighty. Why? That makes sense. You can do a CGI character with a voice.
0: Think about could they, it. Could they put his face on it, maybe?
2: No, I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. I think it's just going to be like a straight-up CGI character. Oh, oh, oh. You know,
0: I mean, for Peter Dinklage, you know, I was actually not even thinking because I did not know he was in this film. That That's a, I mean, could it be that he's going to, no, actually, I have no idea. This yeah, point. Like, I, some people have speculated Pip the
2: Troll. Others have speculated maybe, you know, even Adam Warlock. I'm going I was actually with...
0: going to leave with Adam Warlock if I had to think about that.
2: I'm going with the Silver Surfer and the reason I bring up Silver Surfer and all that is because I feel the Fantastic 4 are going to buy Stark Tower.
0: Well, what I think, I mean, I'm kind of still leaning on the Oscorp thing just cuz they showed it in Spider-Man. Um It makes I mean, sense. And also they have the Oscorp tower, like it would that that's definitely the safety card. I think the reason why they didn't explicitly say that was just to keep the Fantastic 4 thing open. Yeah. Uh when when it comes to Fantastic 4 though and just like that whole future with it I mean, there's no way to do Phase 4 without Fantastic Four.
1: Yeah. I. I've well, when did you say about how long ago that, what's-his-name said, the number four will be very important?
2: Yeah, it would be a great opening line at, like, D23 or at San Diego. I still feel if we're going to find out what the Phase 4 holds for us, I mean, th- maybe this year.
1: Honestly, yeah.
0: honestly, when it comes to a Fantastic Four in the future, there, the only reason why I think they've not announced it yet is, honestly, they're just a little bit concerned can the fantastic four really be profitable which i know it was one of the highest selling marvel comics maybe the highest selling for Uh, years yeah we'd have to uh, i think for a whole decade it was the highest selling. but can it really sell at the box office they've had three i think one mediocre flop one bad flop and then one horror story
2: and then you also have to factor in the corman run or the corman movie now, which,
0: by the way, I just got for the first time. I'm reading. like,
1: Corman, run? Wait a minute. Where did I miss out here? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, the funniest thing is the Fantastic Four film, you know, that that was definitely more of a teen cast, like this film, Spider-Man Homecoming. So I kind of look at that. and I'm like, okay, they definitely, they had kind of the same idea, I think. They just did it completely the wrong way. Like, yeah. hell, they could have made, this could have been Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Fantastic Four could have been The Breakfast Club. And <laughs> hey, it could I and, like that. And they got that. They got that. I mean, they could still do that. If I had to make a guess, though, I think the next Fantastic Four, it's going to be a 35 plus crowd, if I could I make that assumption. You think so? You know, I don't know who I would even. Like, that, that's a cast where I. Like, we're going to get celebrities in that cast, no problem. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know who it's going to be, though.
1: Eddie? There was speculation of a couple of characters I thought already. We even saw mock ups or some potential. Uh, picture of of Reed Richards I thought and I forgot the character's the actor's name and I think you were going with uh, yeah was it Emily Blunt as uh, Emily Blunt John Krasinski John Krasinski okay
2: people would
0: like to see I'll I'll say this well Emily Blunt wants to be in Marvel and I thought she was no she's not confirmed for any Marvel film is she correct yeah so uh, she'd fight for it if any of you guys have seen Stranger Things the actress who played Nancy I think would be a great uh, invisible woman if they go the young route just because, Oh yeah. Like, different look, definitely a less less sexual look, more of practical. But I think that would sell well. For who would be Mister Fantastic? Um, well, you know they've had a lot of success with people who failed in other Marvel films. So <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Anyone from X? Uh, hell, you know if they were to do a uh, Fantastic Four film and make um, the actor who played the young Professor X. I would be okay with that,
2: James or not James? Is James, James McElroy. Or James
0: McElroy, James McElroy, yes. You yeah, know he could. I, I mean, I think he was. But the problem is that was too good of a film. I think they that's too attached. But
1: yeah, one could yeah, I agree. A dream. Well, you had a thought. I think uh, was it the same person or I Denzel think Denzel was Washington? Some, yeah, hey, that's it could right. Work. So you no. say it could work. So yeah, no.
0: Well, who would play Dr. Doom? Because let's face it, that's the one that's going to be the moneymaker. Yeah. I w- and if they kill him off in the first film, I'll never watch a Marvel film again. Oh, jeez. Mac- you Mad- cannot do no. that. Magic Wilson? <laughs> I, mean, I thought that's who you said that. Mads Mickelson. No, he already was.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. Oh, he, yeah. yeah, he was in, you know, Dr. Doom Sh- or Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange. But he would have been great as a Dr. Doom.
0: Hmm. I'm gonna just say Edward Norton because I just always cast him in roles. <laughs> I always just give that guy a cast him. Liam Neeson. Yeah, well, he's not been in a Marvel film.
2: No, he's never been in the MCU, and he's never been in the actual other Marvel movies.
0: You know, I'm gonna just cast myself as Doctor Doom. I don't care anymore.
2: You know what? I could see that. I yeah. like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's like, I'm hairy arms. That, that gives me something.
2: That's a hell of a power.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, he's not supposed to have powers, really. For like that. a hairy back. I gotta hurry back. That's my mutant I, power. I don't, I don't have that power. Thing, thankfully, you're lucky. <sighs> yeah. No. But with wait. great
2: power comes great warmth. Shaven. <sighs> Damn, you're good.
0: <laughs> anyway, he, what, but no, no. Actually, Doctor He does not have any powers. Correct.
2: Correct. He's just a mad genius who, you know, has a horribly discard face.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. The film's really ruined that. But uh, going back to Spider-Man, though,
1: it's, it's a good thing.
0: So actually, you know, one question I have, like, who, which, which, if there is, there will be a sequel to this film, and we don't know. Oh, most definitely. Well, of course, with Spider-Man Homecoming, it's already, I think, in production or pre-production.
1: Well, look, when you've got 576 possible web shooter combinations, there better be a sequel. But
0: but this is a question I have for you guys. So we don't know the fate of Tony Stark. We will buy it. Actually, we still won't because there's going to be another Avengers a year later. But what do you guys, for the sequel, I don't know if I want to see the the Stark... Spider-Man bromance, or or I like seeing the Spider-Man Tony Stark relationship. But I don't know if I want to just see that again. I'd like to maybe see how he reacts with another Avenger. Like for example, I would like to see him in Doctor Strange, like where Doctor Strange has to play a similar role, similar role in the next Spider-Man film. And I think the working title for one of the next Spider-Man films is Spider-Man Dimensions. Huh. That was a fan. That was oh, a fan-made fan post. Yeah. Why oh, are Not... the fan-made posters so good? That's the <laughs> yeah. thing. I I
2: saw like a whole like it was a dream version of phase four and spider-man dimensions was one of it and i was oh. like Ooh, this is cool because like they they continued the 1980s love for the thor after ragnarok so it was like a neon pink logo yeah, it yeah. was so cool looking
1: well the other relationship that i was thinking of in talking about the tony stark peter parker one was the relationship that started between dr strange and thor right in consultation in that in that respect which we'll be saving for next week Yes, exactly for Thor Ragnarok, but but in e- even yeah, in, but even you know the comedy aspect that I'm thinking of in the Captain America video, when they're in detention and Cap comes out with "So your body's changing," believe me, I know how that feels. That was just a one line that just came out of like, "Whoa, hey Cap, yeah, out what do you?" Field. Yeah, exactly. And then of course we I get to it. Sally we get to it at and- the end. Yes, yeah, Sally's left field, mm-hmm. and the fact that just like the beginning, and that was a good. Uh, the good, very good thing about this S- spider man homecoming movie was it starting with with Peter recording everything he 's doing yeah the little from video that journal. from that perspective and so on, and then you get the enhanced suit that he wears, and Karen, as it is called, records everything Peter sees what was it called the the, the baby, the the baby monitor, monitor protocol so many protocols in this it was like the the uh, unlocking the costume's full potential, the training wheels protocol where he peter felt kind of uh, insulted like oh man really you know
2: i mean in all honesty the character is a kid and you know he's going to make dumb decisions as a kid because he's not that he doesn't have that little yeah. maturity yet
1: the the criminal interrogation protocol
2: and i feel so when you just said the tr- criminal interrogation protocol we're introduced to a character who is the uncle of miles morales and he brings up miles in passing like you have to be you know not a hardcore fan, but like a fan of the Spider-Man mythos. And when you hear, "I have to take care," of, I have to make sure my nephew is safe.
0: And you're like, "Wait, what's that guy's name?"
1: Yeah, I'd have oh, to go back for that part. Yeah, yeah, well, it's.
0: For me, I look at that and I'm like, it kind of gives hope because I don't think I said this while recording, but I said this to you earlier. I don't want to see another a new Spider-Man for 15 years. Like, not not a new Spider-Man movie. I want to see a lot more of those. Right. But I don't want to see a new. Origin, a new cast, new things like that. I just want them to finally grow it where we see a guy go from a teenager and see him become Parker Industries. We see him have like an apprentice. like We see him become Tony Stark. That's what I really want here. Yeah. And I'm hoping that they actually are looking at it. I think Marvel realistically wants to just not, I, I don't think Marvel will ever really do a reboot of this universe. Not at all. And I'm hoping that this is something where in the year 2030, or the year 2035, we could see the Miles Morales Spider-Man movie, and I think we're probably going to get some cross dimension stuff or something like that beforehand. But I hope we get to wait 10, 15 years and see it. I, I hope I, I don't want this to be like cause I, I mean I, I know there's going to be the animated film that they're going to do, but which but, I'm excited
2: for to be completely honest. Yeah, that, that movie it. looks gorgeous.
0: Let's face it, you're in a minority there. I mean, and not that like not that like it's the comic community is looking forward to it the public the common people are not yeah
2: because they're they're thinking it's going to be an origin story again it's gonna be oh another spider-man movie
0: you know i think they also just it's i feel like they're going to take it like i mean because for i saw the tra- the trailer it era. looks insane i saw it, it look good the problem was though it's like you know i think at this point like people have two connotations as an annotate, animated superhero films one is it's going to be overly serious and not meant for kids thank you dc for that and then number two is it's going to be lego batman
2: that was a movie man when i saw that movie i thought it was okay and like my opinion on that has changed like a lot since like i like it less and less with each you know retrospect you know
0: it was a cash in granted i think it did better at the box office than justice league so
2: most things unfortunately unfortunately did
0: Well, the movie it was done on a budget of thirty-five million, and it made seven hundred and fifty million at the box office. This was done on a budget with marketing of three hundred and fifty million, and did six hundred and fifty million at the box office. So, good job, DC.
2: And
0: that, like again, when
2: I when I say things like that, I want to see DC succeed. You know, you can't you can't blame them. I don't
0: want Ben Affleck to get more money.
2: I like Affleck.
0: No, I like him phantom but yeah. I don't want him as Batman. <laughs> why? Why do you say that? You know, it's just like he's that kid. You think it's a good kid, but you don't want him dating your daughter. <laughs>
1: oh jeez! <laughs> back to that.
2: He's gonna spend some time with her in a very close. Or what was the line in Mallrats? Did you ever see Mallrats? No. no. Uh, the back of a, the back of a Volkswagen.
0: Well, and uh, by the way, the TV, just to show this is the scene where peter says oh yeah there's no press conference i'm not supposed to be an avenger and hey pepper Potts comes in and the engagement and so on that all happens
1: War's about to happen yeah
2: and we see the return of pepper Potts in this movie and this was where i felt like wow that whole
0: story thread involving her from civil war
2: well that was for nothing she's yeah, back it's right it
0: kind of makes me question how much the directors actually see of of these films because it's like you, you know you look at like you look I would go, say quite a bit really?
2: yeah I say that because of the fact look at how they do with the Star Wars movies everything has the story group there's a Marvel story group there's gotta be
0: but that's way more singular and also like, I, I, like the Han Solo film is gonna have nothing to do with these films these are all like direct continuity one after another and, oh, now they show the cool suit. I want to see what it does.
1: You'll have to wait. Yeah,
0: you, well, <laughs> no, you already saw the movie, remember? Oh, yeah, we already saw the movie. Man, that whole thing where it can shoot nukes out.
2: I was surprised it could make, you know, frozen yogurt. Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> that was the best part
2: of the movie, that, and it was just delicious. But it was it was a really, really cheap plug for that frozen yogurt place in Middletown by us, you know? Froyo. Hoopla. hoopla.
0: No, no, no. Hoopla. Was, uh, well... <laughs> Then it was like, I don't know, but... I don't know. And, I don't know. I, you know, it's like, at this point, it's just kind of... Well, that's actually one small complaint I'll have about these films, though. Because I like... One thing I loved about uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man is how it like you get to see him in the creative process of design and stuff. I don't really like how it's like he just outsourced everything to Tony Stark. I wish he could have made his own modifications but, and shown his intelligence.
2: The thing is this. He could show that. I understand that, but from a... You know, standpoint of he's a 15 year old kid. He's not going to know how to make like a good enough costume.
0: Or just that he doesn't have the budget to. That's the thing. Yes. Yes. He's so. As
2: we were introduced to him in uh, Civil War, he was literally stealing computers out of a dumpster. Yeah. So.
0: No. And, um, Oh, by the way, just because I guess this film is wrapping up right now, what do you expect his role to be in Infinity War? And I guess everybody here already saw it, including us, but. What do you think the role is? Oh, my God, he's dead. No.
2: I think it's going (laughs) to be, I think, so, once again, we preface this, we have not seen the movie yet, because we're recording this episode on the 17th of April, less than 10 days away from the movie, and what I think it's going to be with Spider-Man, and again, you know, this will be a fun little thing for you people at home to listen to after, you know, you see the movie. Yeah. But... I feel. What is what is he going to be? He's going to be. This is Tony's. Hey, training wheels are off, kid. Show me what you can do. I think it's going to be that.
1: Okay, oh, they're going to put yeah. that
0: line in. Yeah, I'll training bet you're on that line in.
1: Yeah, uh-huh.
2: because in the trailers and then the commercials, he's been fighting Thanos.
0: You know that would actually mm-hmm. be if 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 he does die. That would be a perfect line, like a closing line for him. Like he's with Peter as he's about to go, and he says, "That's it. Train wheels are off, kid." And I mean, I- I'm hoping Infinity War is a little bit more serious than this film.
1: I would anticipate it's going to be a super hero movie, a a, a a an excessively serious with subject matter as such. There can be some comedy and some little, and I bet you. Thanos could get away with a couple of lines for sure and it'd be uh, you know funny but but serious undertones in there as well I don't know the relevance of of uh, Happy going through loading out Tony's old Hulkbuster armor the prototype for Cap's new shield and and the me the me Thor's magic belt
2: I I mean honestly I feel that scene was in there it's we don't know what it's going to be but it's going to be something big you know And that's the thing, you know, there's so much that will be coming in the future with these movies. And, you know, you go on our Facebook page, and one of the questions asked was by former guest co-host Patricio Rubio, do you think we will ever see the black costume again, for example? Like, you know, things pertain to the future, and I feel... (laughs) Yes, in Venom. (laughs) Yeah, but will it be connected to this? They're saying, no, it's not. And when you see the trailer, they have the old school, or the original Marvel Studios opening... Whereas this one has the whole completely different thing. It says Marvel Studios. That just said Marvel.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know what? To preserve possibly continuity or to not confuse people, the black costume had its appearance. It's done. It's moved on. You have the Venom character of its own being, its own entity. And that's what it is now. There's no more black costume.
2: And while we're talking about Venom, David Owen on our Facebook page asks, do you think Venom will reference the MCU since the Sony Marvel Universe is adjunct to the MCU? Why not? That'd be a no-brainer. I
0: think there'll be a Deadpool-type joke to that. I can see that, yeah. Like, they'll be like, don't make my costume green, or CGI. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it'll be something like that, which... It'll be a one-and-done thing if the Tom Holland ca- cameo isn't actually going to happen.
0: Well, I think that for the Venom movie, you know, I think it's just a fail for them in case this... Well, first off, I think this is what they wanted to do with Andrew Garfield. Like, I mean, to be honest with you, they might reveal that this film is still canon to the Garfield universe because there's nothing that... Re- I-, I doubt... Will there be lasagna? Why not? I mean... It...
2: Will they hate Mondays? Yeah, why not? Will there be normals getting
0: sent off to Abu Dhabi? Why not? (laughs) Wow. Three for three. Will John find love? The thing is, though, I'm wondering because Marvel has the rights to do, like, because the the, the contract they signed, they can put Venom in their universe and ignore this universe. Yeah. And there's no real planet on that. And I, I, I would be willing to guess Bob Iger behind the scenes is not very happy here about this, but hey, it's the deal he'd, they signed. He
2: probably hates Stan Lee, in all honesty.
0: <laughs> well, Bob Iger... Oh, well.
2: Well, here's the thing also, you know, going with weird decisions, but Manny Duran on our Facebook page asks, would you ever turn Peter into Man-Spider?
1: Give me a clue on that Man-Spider.
2: When, when he had the multiple arms.
1: Yeah, I remember that, but was he... That's what he was called then, huh? I guess in, yeah. that, in that time period? Yeah, he had uh, four extra arms, I think. But would you do that? Possibly. And that would hopefully be just a temporary thing. And that, if I remember, the comic book storyline had to do with Morbius, the living vampire.
2: I feel like... In there as well. And Morbius, I believe, is getting his own movie as well. Oh, look at that. Okay. Which will, once again, not be tied to these movies, probably.
1: Yeah, possibly, right?
2: But yeah, now, also, final question that we're going to be asked is by Scott Bandla... Do you think the wacky timeline established in this movie by saying that it takes place eight years after Avengers, knowing that Guardians of the Galaxy takes place in 2014, is going to be retconned into some semblance of sense with the Time Stone? <sighs> That's getting deep. Um, no, they're, they're just going to ignore it. It's, it's, it's kind of the uh, yeah, Mystery I, Science Theater uh, approach. Just protect. Uh, just repeat to yourself: it's just a movie. I should really just relax.
0: It's going <laughs> yeah, to be that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some people act. I just. I. I've not really read the articles explaining it, but I do know people have complained saying this messes up the timeline. I'm like, I, I saw. It It makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. The timelines messed up the most in the X-Men movies. <laughs> Ask know,
0: Deadpool. Nothing. nothing <laughs> McAvoy or Stewart. No, but here's the thing: I still prefer the X Men movies to the Avengers movies. Really, with the timeline mistakes. Oh yeah, I'll prefer Days Days of Future's Past. I will take over any Marvel film. Same for Logan as well, and same for a few other. Oh, Logan's, in my opinion, is still the best comic book movie ever made.
2: Dark Knight. I'm gonna gonna have to go with Logan, man. Dark Knight. Whoa. So this is how that. Why is so serious?
1: This is what it feels
2: like. That is like the best line in a movie. You know, those kind of movies. It just works. Because that's what he's been longing for to an extent.
0: Well, here's the thing. Does anyone here think that with the Avengers films, we'll ever get a Logan for the Avengers films? Like something where it's a character coming to the end. Like the prime is over. We might be getting that with Infinity War, to be honest. Like that would be, you know. I know. I I think we'll get that when the Marvel films, like the money is starting to dry up a little bit. Uh, but do you, you
2: see the money down. drying out? I I did a 180 yep. on my opinion about that, you know. I feel like, you know what? They're making money. This is like the biggest ticket presale of all time right now. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: you know, I think when it comes to Disney, I feel like the studio doing Star Wars can learn a little bit from Marvel actually because Why do you say that? Well, you know, I think Han Solo is about to be their first Star Wars film not to break a billion. And I think that um, that's not to bash the Han Solo film. Star just... Wars:
2: The Clone Wars says hi, by
0: the way. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but, well, okay, first one of the De- first Star Wars Disney film. There we go. Okay, um, yeah, no. Um, what I mean by that is, like, the problem is that Star Wars films—they're still kind of the same to some extent—and I don't think the I don't think the consumer wants the audience wants a new Star Wars film every year. For the masses.
2: That was what I had talked to a friend about, and I'm in agreement with you on that.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing. I don't think everyone wants a new Spider-Man film every year. I don't think everyone wants a new Iron Man every year. Everybody wants a new Avengers every year. They want a gap. But the thing is, they've made the characters unique enough and colorful enough, and not just the characters. The whole style of the films are so different that it makes it so you can watch Ant-Man and then six months later watch... Thor and get two entirely different movies Star Wars is going to have to learn that you know they can't just have films with blasts they can't just always make it Star Wars they're going to have to do some films that are not going to involve spaceships that are going to be very different and they're also going to be filmed very different and feel very different Yeah. so they're going to have to learn that
1: and I don't know if they will oh no oh, time will tell but I just have a question whether it's uh, irrelevant to the ending or the mid credit scene in Spider-Man Homecoming, the two inmates walking up to each other, one, of course, being Toomes, the other one saying, hey, rumor has it that you know who Spider-Man is, to which is answered by by Toomes, if I knew who he was, he'd be dead. Who's the, who's the first inmate that proposed that question to him? The Riddler. The Riddler. Of course. How could I forget? <laughs> <sighs> forget I asked that question, I suppose. But I see... That was one of my
2: favorite scenes in the movie because it showed he learned his mistake from everything and he realized, you know what, he saved my life. This is the least I can do for him because I'll save his life then.
1: I wasn't sure how to interpret his facial reaction and yes, it's realized to me, oh shoot, that's right, he knows who he is. Yeah. And even though he's in prison, he has that knowledge What's he going to do with it?
2: And what are you people going to do next week with our next episode about Thor Ragnarok from 2017? How many more of these?
1: As Captain America said in his PSA on patience.
2: Yeah, we've, we've got now in the final movies of the Road to Infinity War, as Infinity War will be out for two weeks by the time our last episode comes out. But I digress. Happens. Guys... So, what I want to do is now talk about what we thought about the movie overall. And when I watched this movie for the first time, I said this was the best Spider Man movie. And I even went as far as to say this is my number one Spider Man movie, or number one Marvel Studios movie. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Road to Infinity War changes things. However, this movie is still a solid five out of five for me. I knew that. And. This is coming as a lifelong Spider-Man fan, much like yourself. You know, seeing this character portrayed on the big screen in the way he was portrayed, perfect. We got the Queen's accent. We got the... Not that Queen's accent, Eddie.
1: Oh, the Queen! Thank you, Peter! I was waiting for my entrance! (laughs) Now I can die happy!
2: But... (laughs) But anyway. Yeah, we got to see this character properly done, and, you know, I... While we will agree to disagree, there were elements where I felt he was perfect in it, you know, and it just worked. The pacing overall was fantastic. The writing was so sharp, and like I said, this movie made me wish John Hughes was still alive to make a movie and do a superhero movie, because the directors of this film they realized, you know what, this is great. This this works, and this I'm going to go near perfect. So four and a half probably?
1: Four and three quarters.
2: Really? That's still pretty damn impressive. Yeah. And yeah. what overall, what did you think of this movie?
0: Okay, so I'm going to start off with my rating, and I'm going to give it a four out of five because five is very hard to get. I'm going to still say I think I like Ant-Man more, but this is a close-up. Yeah. But, you know, watching the original Spider-Man film again, I actually really appreciate that film a lot more. And yet, this is, this is a better movie, but that was more true to the original comics, and I give that a lot of respect. Like, that scene where he becomes Spider-Man, and, you know, this is sort of like... I, I think that the first Spider-Man film, if that was like... It, it's sort of like whenever I tried to do something new, it's like, if that was the first try, I'm really excited to see the fourth try. This is the third try, and uh, I think that really is proof of that. Anything they did wrong, though, I mean, the Flash thing, damn you.
2: Yeah, not everything's going to be perfect. It's Michelle, right? It is. You it know,
0: is. different touch. Third time's the charm. Disney, fifteenth, but um, <laughs> but with, with I mean, they brought her in, I think, to just appeal to younger people. Um, not really a ton with that character there. Uh, the big winner, though, I think, was uh, the Ned character. Yeah. Um, that was something very new that they brought, not really from the comics for the most part. Well,
2: mostly he was just a, under a different and, name,
0: you know. And this really this this changed the game for Spider-Man. And um, you know, I think for Fantastic Four, I'm interested to see how they take that. I'm I'm interested to see if it if happens. Well, Remember. I'm, I, you know, they might they'll probably take the X-Men eventually because it's Bob Iger, and uh, I'm interested to see how uh, they do this stuff. Um, and th- this is, I think, a great template of how to go and take something that was previously another film and do something new on it. So, yeah, this is a winner. This is a great film. Now, let's do our rankings.
2: Charles, first up, you'll do... Because you don't have the whole ranking set for yourself. But
0: top three, what are they again? The first Avengers film. Okay. I'm going to put Ant-Man in there. And I'm going to put this in there.
2: I'll go with mine, and I'll rapid-fire it. We got number 15, Thor The Dark World. Number 14, Iron Man 3. Number 13, The Incredible Hulk. Number 12, Iron Man 2. Number 11, Captain America, The First Avenger. Number 10, Avengers Age of Ultron. Number 9, Avengers, or Avengers Assembled in the UK. Number 8, Thor. Number 7, Iron Man. Number 6, Captain America. Number 5, Doctor Strange. Number 4, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Tied for number 3, Ant-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. Number 2 brand new Spider-Man homecoming and my number one guardians of the galaxy volume two, Eddie, nice. Let's go with the pyramid.
1: Yeah. Well, a couple of maybe quick points that, uh, that were in there as well. Um, again, the, the, the humor interaction with Tony still on point with his, his quips, his one-liners and stuff. Uh, don't do anything I would do. God, I sound like my dad. Don't do anything I wouldn't do exactly, and even the premise in the beginning of hey look what happened eight years after you know Avengers Tower went down and there's some Shatari or alien tech that language gets Daddy. into gets into the wrong hands or different hands and what could happen there so I think it was a good offshoot tangent so was the introduction of the Spider-Man villain the Shocker and even the who we
2: kind of glossed over but in all honesty he was just an ancillary character.
1: That's really about it. He was just there. And they kill him off. Yes, it's true. But the original Shocker in this movie did even have sort of the clothing and the color scheme. I think it was brown and yellow of a sort.
2: You know what I just noticed? We always bring Charlie on in the movies where there's a gruesome death. Like the way they kill Shocker. Like the way they kill that guy (laughs) in Ant-Man. Have you noticed that? To a
1: little bit of goop.
0: Oh yeah. There's a lot of death with me. I'm not good that way.
1: Must be your thing. I don't know. Well...
0: I mean, the other thing I'm just gonna bring up here is, when are we gonna get the Howard the Duck movie? Because that's what I'm waiting for now. <laughs> I want
2: one. I want one more than I want Working Legs in Old Age. I'm just saying that now. I think a really good Howard the Duck movie could work. <sighs> and if anybody can do it, it's gonna be James Gunn.
1: Working Legs in Old Age. Let's find. Let's have him talk to, telea Tele, the collector, and go back to his. Which maybe we have to go a few years later for him. Rebuilding his collection and his space space for, for that. And then we'll have Howard supervising the repairs, perhaps. Now, Eddie, what's the pyramid looking like? I want to hear the pyramid. Okay. I want to know how Karen, the, the AI for Spider-Man's costume, said that... Voiced uh,
2: by Jennifer Connolly, by the way.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Said that in Spider-Man trying to keep the Staten Island Ferry together instead of two pieces. And I knew, I mean, just like in... The Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man stopping the train, he is suspended between two sections of the of the ferry trying to keep it together. And Karen, the AI, again, saying he was 98% successful. To which that all goes down the tubes, straight to, straight to hell, because it all comes apart. And then Iron Man comes in and, you know, saves the day kind of thing. But getting the costume at the end in the paper bag, this belongs to you. And again, the possible reveal of May seeing Peter in the Spider-Man costume great little zingers like that and the music, I mean, using the Ramon song twice, creep Bop That was perfect, and that was, it represented
2: that, you know I think I feel like plenty of decades of New York City were represented You have the, you know, the 1940s 50s with that Stan Lee scene of, you know the older neighbors, you have the 1970s punk scene represented you have the, ni- you know, the hipsterish now, you know, with the end credit scene.
1: Yep, and I think there was another song by uh, the English Beat there was that a, might have been called Sooner or Later if I wasn't too familiar, but I recognized the group. That's That's it, yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Okay. The other thing that I noted, but I couldn't even on a pause read the whole thing, was when Vulture got all wrapped up, tied up, tangled webbed up, up, tangled up in blue. Tangled up in blue. Man. How does it feel? Man. Found. Flying Vulture guy. Spider-Man. And then there was a PS, which I couldn't quite read on that note.
2: And somebody pointed out with the letter he wrote for the bike the bike that got stolen. And oh, that. yeah. Technically, he accidentally made it into into Spider-Man because if you notice the positioning of where it is, he wrote spider like, oh, crap, I put it too close. Oh, let me put it underneath the right. little hyphen.
1: That's exactly right, because you have to respect the hyphen. Damn right. And you do. Okay. And yes, at the end of it says, Spider-Man will return. So very entertaining movie overall. I even like, and my wife won't hear this until after she sees the movie, that there was a, a drop... That equated a scene like being at a Bon Jovi concert. Really, the uh, part of the rescue in in DC, like a Bon Jovi concert, and I forget the character who who said that, but it was kind of kind of funny. So here we go. From the pyramid at the top of the heap is Iron Man, tied with the Avengers, tied with Captain America: The Winter Soldier, tied with Guardians of the Galaxy, tied with Thor: The Dark World. Okay, <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> At a 4.75, the newly ranked Spider Man Homecoming points off, not much, just tough to handle completely the Tony Stark tutelage scenario. And possibly, in a little sense, you know, he's a kid, okay, and it really comes through that he's, he's just 15, but it's just a whole different concept of, of Spider Man's coming into being and, and doing well. I think it's helpful a, and up, so on. It shows it's, how, it is, how it easily
2: is. manipulated he can
1: be. Yeah, that, Yeah, there's that, that. There's that too. That that is true too. So, so just trying to work out a different concept of how he he comes to be, not too unlike in the very first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, the fact that he could a- adhere to walls with pincers or little tentacles coming out of his fingers, so he could stick to walls, which is totally not what the case was. You know, he was just sticky. He was just a sticky kind of guy. Just and being mighty, able to shoot yeah. webs straight out of the vein in his wrist kind of thing. So that was a whole thing to to uh, get used to. So, again, 4.75 for Spider-Man Homecoming, tied with Thor, tied with Captain America, the first Avenger. At a four and a half, Iron Man 2, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which you missed. Well, everybody missed who's listening, including myself, you, me, and McGee. 4.5, there they are. 4.25, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Iron Man 3. At a 4, Incredible Hulk, and finally Thor the Dark World at a 3.5. That's it.
2: I dig it. So, guys... Like I said, next week's episode is going to be Thor Ragnarok from 2017. I'm kind of excited for that episode. We're going to see what happens with that.
0: Just to put a spoiler for your next video, was it better than The Dark World? Colonoscopies are better than The Dark World. Oh, Oh,
2: wow. But anyway. So before we go, let's see how people can get a hold of us on social media. How? Go on Facebook.com slash... The Marvelists. Go on the Twitter at The Marvelists. Go on Twitter and follow myself at Peter Melnick. Yourself
1: at E Wilson 959. You can also find us
2: on every email bag, The Marvelous at
1: Gmail.com.
2: You can also rate, review, subscribe, and share on iTunes. Five star if you're ever so interested in doing so. Share on social media. Let people know you're listening. Also go on iTunes. Also go with the Stitcher radio app to listen to us, available for all iOS and Android devices, and be sure to use that promo code when you go to stitcher.com premium, the promo code MARVELISTS, right, Eddie? Right, Peter. You get a free one month of Stitcher Premium, and after that, if you want to stay on, it's four ninety nine dollars a month. Cancel any time you want. I'm just nodding politely to Eddie right now.
1: How nice of you.
2: But yeah, also we want to say a major thank you to Charles for returning to the show.
0: Always fun to be on, and I have no Spider-Man puns. No, um, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm always happy to sling back here. There we go. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I still I still put more personality personality into that than Andrew Garfield did. So. You did. There wow. But Charles, before you go, how can people get a hold of you on them, our on social medias? Twitter and Instagram, Charles A. Perallo, P-E-R-A-L-O. And if you can't spell Charles, I don't want you following me. Exactly.
1: Thwip.
2: So, for Peter Melnick, I'm Peter
1: Melnick. I'm Charles Peralo. I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. All right, it's time for... Obsessed with Marvel time. I'm your host,
2: Nicholas Cage. It's Cage time. Get I want to thank
1: Eddie Wilson for having me here, just to read you, <laughs> just to read these these questions to you fine folks.
2: Fantastic. Let's just do this entire bet in Nicholas.
1: I believe I will. Fantastic. From Obsessed with Marvel, 2,500 questions to test your knowledge of the Marvel universe. We turn to question 2,269, which reads: Not Reed Richards. Who? was prince wayfinder prince wayfinder is it hero of the sword in the star leader of the microns monarch of xandar or an alien monarch in the original guardians series who was prince wayfinder hero of the sword in the star leader of the microns monarch of xandar or an alien monarch in the original guardians series i am lost
2: See, as a Guardians fan, it actually does sound familiar to me.
1: So you would say the alien monarch in yes. the original Guardians? I'm going to go with your answer, which is D. And we have a correct answer. Hey. Way to go, Wayfinder Peter Milnick. Okay.
2: We found a way.
1: We have way. Let's do two more. Her. Okay. So now it's question 1,615. Flip, flip, flip. Do, yeah, you flip. Do, 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 do. Flip Wilson. Do, do. Very good. I'm happy you know that character. He was amazing. Person. Okay. 1615, I said yes. Who was not one of the headmen? Okay. Shrunken Bones, Thunderhead, Shandu the Mystic, or is it Chandu the Mystic, and Ruby Thursday. Who was not one of the headmen? Again, Shrunken Bones, Thunderhead, Chandu the Mystic. Or Ruby Thursday, I lost again. But I, Ruby, I, Ruby, I would Ruby Ruby Thursday. I'm gonna say Ruby. I have a I have an answer for that. So let's try it. No, it is not Ruby Thursday. The answer is Thunderhead. Well, that's like who was not one of the headmen? A Thunderhead was not one of the. Head. Uh, okay. Let's try and settle this. 1668. Let's make that change out of twenty. Your no. Eh, you never know. 1668. I'm trying to do the math here. One more page. There we go. Okay. Who was the Nightcrawler in the Incredible Hulk number 126 back in 1970? This thing sounds. This sounds familiar, and I'm picturing this character. Who was the Nightcrawler in the Incredible Hulk number 126? A future member of the X-Men, the monster later known as Darkcrawler. One of the undying ones, or one of the evil inhumans. I have this down to a possibility of two. I'm just saying for myself, not a future member of the X-Men, and not an inhuman, and not an evil inhuman. I don't know that there were evil inhumans to begin with. Well, so,
2: Medusa started originally as a villain?
1: Uh, okay, yeah, uh, the monster later known as Dark Crawler, or one of the undying ones. I'm a little stuck on this, but I, I, I think I have sound familiar for that. Doesn't? Yeah, I'm thinking monster later known as dark crawler so let's hit b please no and the answer is one of the undying ones one out of three is bad it ain't good either till next time true believers
2: excelsior as well